Hey, I'm Steve Gambiel. I'm the lead pastor at Live Church, and we're so thrilled to have this time together today. At the outset of this new year, we're believing that God would help you to believe in Him, find a sense of belonging, and to become all that God has called you to be. Come on, let's get this started. Summertime! And the living is easy. Oh, the fish are jumping and the sunshine is high. Oh, your daddy's rich and your ma is good looking. That's good news when your mother's good looking. So hush, little baby, don't, I said don't, you cry. Summertime. We've even ordered the good weather for you in good old sunny Bradford. Summertime is here. And we're speaking about summertime today because I believe God wants to make an appointment with everyone listening today. What I'm saying is not something I'm imagining, it's something that's very practical for all of us because summertime is a place and a space where we can think and dream and imagine our futures. Since the 19th century, sociologists called this time of the season the urban heat island effect. And what that meant was that people who lived in the big cities that were living in brick buildings that didn't have right air circulation and all of the things that we enjoy today they were so sweltering under the heat that they had to go to the countryside and to try to find respite. And it didn't take long for businesses to figure out that many people were taking their summer break and they began to cater business-wise to that new opportunity that people had for more leisure time. And so, you know, this summer, we're going to have things that are like, you know, Mission Impossible 6, the new movie. Or Incredibles 2 is coming out. Or the song that I sang that I opened with from the old musical Porgy and Bess was a summertime song. All these things, like the 1972 song by Alice Cooper I started with, School's Out, were written for this time, this summertime experience, so that people could have some leisure time. But what if we don't just have a summer leisure experience, what if we take this time to dream and plan about what God wants for us and our future? So the title of this message is Dreamers and Doers. Dreamers and Doers. Come on, let's pray. God, we thank you for the power of your word. God, we speak to our mind. Let it be open. Let our hearts ready. In Jesus' name, we just pray that you would help meet us where we are and take us into our future. Amen. Let's get started with this scripture, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. And as you're turning there, I'm referring to this because 2018 now is halfway over. We're now entering into the last half of the season of 2018. And so I want to focus this on this scripture because this scripture is a well-known favorite for many of us. Many of us enjoy this. We love this thought. And for me, it's helped me so much. So let's look at it. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. 
those plans that God has for us, the prosperous, those plans are so practical and yet so inspirational that God has for each and every one of us. Let me say it like this so we understand it this way. My subtitle is this. Let's get into agreement with God's great dream for our life and do it. We talk about God's plan, but this scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11, is actually like a dream that God would have for his people to become all that he destined them to become. God has a dream for every single one of us, but the thing about God that we have to understand is that this blueprint, the dream that God gives us, is gonna require us to outwork it on the ground. So I'm talking about dreamers, I'm talking about doers. The picture that God gave me in my spirit was of a person with their head in the clouds and their feet planted in the soil of the local church. So we keep dreaming, we keep hearing from God, God keeps guiding us and leading us, but we're firmly anchored and firmly planted in the house of God. And so let's look at this picture. This, this, if you can imagine an animated picture of this cartoon character almost, is the way I see it in my brain, of a man or a woman with their head in the clouds and their feet planted with literally plant pots and fruitfulness growing out of their feet. That's the, the image that I have. Now, dreamers with their heads in the clouds will think of great thoughts but never get started. Doers can easily get busy in the beavering and the outworking of just doing life without checking in with the Holy Spirit and checking in with God for some of the readjustments that we're talking about in our church team and in our life. And summer's a great time to do that. Let me show you in the Word of God. Psalm 126, Psalm 126, chapter 1. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to get your cell phone out Take notes like some of you are doing now. It's really good. Or take notes so you can reflect on this through the week ahead. Psalm 126 says this. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter. Our tongues with songs of joy. Could it be that the reason why we don't see more laughter is that we've let go of God-given dreams? I mean, this is what the Bible's saying, that there was a time when it was restored and the, and the dreams and the laughter came. My prayer for you as your pastor is this summer, you'd experience more lasting joy. Not just entertainment, but a deep understanding of how great it is when you're on purpose with God, living life with Him, moving forward in purpose, engaged in bringing His heavenly realities to the earth, that's what this is talking about. That sense of dreams where we see people, even that have gone through difficult circumstances, find the presence of God and move forward. That's the dream side. Let's move on to the doing side. Psalm 92 verse 13 says, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish. That's not the word that I'm bringing as a pastor to say, we want church to be bigger. No, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there's a biblical truth. Stay planted. Why am I saying that? Because if you don't stay planted in the house, you could be a dreamer who's tempted to cut and run. When things get hard, you can cut and run and try to move away thinking there's a problem with your geographical location. History teaches us, like the old Alice Cooper song that you heard, School's Out, that you can be fruitful and productive right where you 
are. It's funny to refer to Alice Cooper, isn't it? But did you know that Alice Cooper, whose real name is Vincent Fournier, is a Christian who has been giving decades of his life to use the record royalty proceeds from writing that song, Schools Out, to help thousands of young men and women find Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior in the heavy metal music industry. And he said this when he tried to write that song. He, he was asked, and he, and he thought, okay, can I just pen into words one of the most uh, deepest inspirational moments that people experience in a year? And he thought of two situations. One is that moment, Christmas morning, before you open your presents. By the way, I don't know how many shopping days is it until Christmas now, but mentioning Christmas in July, but that's what he thought. I'm going to pen the words, that, that emotion, I'm going to capture it in music. And he decided, rather than to do that, to capture the emotion of the last 60 seconds that people experience before they go out of school and onto their summer break. I mean, for some of you, it was just last week when it was GCSEs and A-levels. For others of us, it was more than a few weeks ago. Can I get an amen, church? But do you remember watching that clock thinking, I 60 seconds, and then I'm free for six weeks or eight weeks. It's that emotion. And the proceeds from that song have made a difference in his life. I wonder if the dream that you've been thinking about, the dream that you've been incubating in your life needs to live in conversations and be translated into practical steps this summer. James 1.22 goes on to say this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Okay, now let me just dive into this verse. I had a dream that one day I would do what I'm doing today. I dreamed that dream in a local church and I had people tell me, Steve, your dream will never come to pass. I don't even know why you're trying, they said. Everybody else that tried those dreams has failed. Everybody else took a step and now they're failing and they're not doing well. And so, so you're never going to amount to anything. And here's what I've learned. I have no business commenting on what other people's dreams are. I wanna help guide them, I wanna help bless them. But then when other people comment on my dreams, I need to filter and guard our heart and so do you. If I would have listened to those naysayers and those negative moments, I would not be here by the grace of God serving this house in this part of the world. I would have given up a long time ago. And what helped me was this. I dug into the second part of James chapter one where it says, whoever looks intently on the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, there's the connection, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they'll be blessed in what they do. So I refuse to let go of a God-given dream that he's put in my heart to transform people's lives and families and children, and teenagers, and reach people in their 70s, and 80s, and 90s. I refuse to let go of what God has whispered to me. Why? Because I'm remembering, I'm looking into the law that God is showing me in the Word. And let's do that so that we get in agreement with God's great dream over our life. Now let's go back into Jeremiah 29 and dig in a bit deeper. Jeremiah 29 was not written to people that were excited about their future. 
Jeremiah 29 was not written to people that were even full of faith about their future. Jeremiah 29 was written to people in exile, in captivity, and in bondage. These were people who'd seen family members persecuted, martyred, and killed. They'd lost land. They'd lost possessions. They'd lost financial investments. And they're living in Babylon. And God writes to them and speaks to them through the prophet Jeremiah and says, build houses, settle down, and pray for your city. Why? Because he knew that God had a plan. Now think about this. When God says, I know, there's nothing that God doesn't know. You might be here right now today thinking, well, there's nothing good that's happening in my life. It's the same old, same old, going through the motions. No, no. It could be that your greater plan has not yet happened to you. But God, because he lives outside of time, he lives outside of our understanding, he defies even our, our, the way we approach him. That's why the Bible says that his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So God is not bound by time, past and present and future. He lives in an ever-present reality. So in other words, he saw that you were going to be here on this day. He knows the outcome of the England score that's about to happen at 1 o'clock, right? I should prophesy the score now, but you would show quickly that's not me. I love that. Wouldn't it be great if we could just... If we could just understand how things in life would turn out. Wouldn't it be great if we had the inside, but but we don't. And so what God says in Jeremiah 29 is he says this to us. He says, and he makes it very, very clear. The Amplified Bible puts it this way. I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you. So so not just that God knows, God can see your thoughts. So in other words, God knows your dreams. He sees your thoughts. He sees the attitudes of your mind. He sees everything you're thinking right now. He can read it. And by the way, the devil cannot read your mind. The devil can only see your actions and hear what you say. And so if you're declaring negativity, that's why we go back to dreamers. Dreamers that line up and get in agreement with God's word don't speak negativity and depression. What they do is they line their words up. And this is something I've really worked hard on and have been for decades. And what we speak should be joy-filled, should be praise-filled, should be glorifying God, not dragging each other down, but spurring one another on. I mean, those are the words. That's based on Jeremiah 29. We've got to understand this. Now, now that's why this summer we've looked at our church calendar at Life Church and we said, we're going to get in agreement with God's greater dream for this part of the world. So what can we do? What we're going to do is this. We're going to bring the best speakers that we could possibly get to this part of the world. People like Danny Silk, who's a great author, wrote a great book, uh, Living Life on Loving on Purpose. Terry Christ, a great pastor in Phoenix, Arizona, a great friend, great church builder, grown thousands of new converts in the past couple of years. Uh, We've got a Love Your Neighbor Day. Super excited about this. 28th of July. If you're here We'd love you to sign up for our Love Your Neighbor Day so we can love our community. There's a fun day in Allerton. There's going to be lots of projects. And in the foyer, you can sign up straight after this meeting to be a part of that. Lucas Connell has a ministry to people that have mental illness. I love that. 
He's become an expert in dealing with that. And then Micah Carter and Thomas Hansen, so many others, not to mention the barbecues and all of the other fun things we're doing as a church family that we'll find out more about. All of these things, those are great things. See, many people say, well, let's wait till September. Let's start church in September. Let's take the vacation. Let's take summer off. Why should we even turn up? Why should we even go to church on Sunday when it's summertime? Well, I don't know about you, but if I'm going to come to church, I want it to be the best experience because there are people that are staying. They have a staycation. They don't get to go to Hawaii or some of these other locations. And as great as those trips are, what about the 10 million people that are in our part of the world right here? Let's provide a great church experience. So people are like, I'm proud to be at Live Church. It's going to be a great summer. It's going to be the best summer we've ever had. Now, I battled this even this last week because my wife, Charlotte, has just preached four conferences and ended up in Hawaii, right? She's doing a conference there. She's with Natalie Grant doing Dare to Be. But she left me with two flipping children <laughs> that I've got to cook for, sort out, look after. And what a joy that is. What a joy that is. And you're like laughing. Is that really joy? Yes, because that gives me quality time with my teenager and teenager. That means I can connect as a dad in the house for two weeks and just love them and shape them. That is something that I cherish because those moments are so fleeting. I just have a window of opportunity. There might be another five or 10 years, hopefully longer, but I'm going to make it count as a dad in my house. I just preached about Father's Day. This is a chance for me to live it out in this next week, right? And so I'm not saying, oh God, I wish I was in Hawaii. I'm like, no. I'm glad I'm in Bradford today. This is exactly where God has placed me. What am I saying? I'm saying this is our staycation. That mindset is how we build church. If I had more time, I'd open up more, but I'm gonna do part two of this message because I wanna live in this place of dreaming and doing. Joseph was a dreamer and a doer. Joseph, the great dreamer, and then became responsible for Egypt provided grain for a seven years in times of famine, strategically figuring it out. Rahab, who was in the genealogy of Jesus, she didn't start there. She was a prostitute in Jericho running a brothel. And yet she did something incredible as she rescued the two spies from Jericho. The Bible's filled with dreamers and doers. But I want to land this message right now, firstly, in asking you this question. Dreamers and doers are people who decide to become the best that they can be. Are you deciding to be your best? Because that looks like things like breaking addictions. That looks like things like praying for greater steps forward in this next few weeks ahead. It looks through, maybe if you're running up the stairs and you're out of breath when you get to the top of the stairs, it looks like starting an exercise program and a diet program. So, so you can be the best you that you can be. And secondly is this. Dreamers don't wait for perfect conditions to start. They start where they are with what they have. If we can start from today, what that means is I am so excited about the plans, the dreams that God has for you. Will you connect with God? Because he will listen to you. If you have a conversation with God and say, God, help me, then God will help you. He will meet you right where you are. I want to finish with this. And the reason why I'm talking about this is, is simply this. 
I was having lunch with a, with a friend of mine who is a part of this part of the world, lives here, and he reminded me, he says, Steve, I sat in the church some years ago. And as I sat there, I suddenly realized I was going through the motions. And he said to me over the coffee that we were having, he said, Steve, he said, I've realized dreamers are a dime a dozen. And so I decided I'm not going to be a dreamer. I'm going to start right where I am. Well, guess what? That man has built one of the greatest energy companies in this part of the world and is now a multimillionaire, just doing incredible things for the kingdom of God because he realized I shouldn't just be a dreamer. I should be a dreamer and a doer. And when I had that, we were talking, I'm like, that's exactly what I, the Lord has put on my heart. And so I'm praying as we finish this service that God would do something incredible for you this summer. Come on, jump up to your feet. And if you're in agreement with God's great plan over your life, can you just give God a huge round of praise and give him your best praise as we finish this time together. Praise him in advance because God is the God who moves forward. Come on, let's pray. Lord, I know you're going to do great things in our lives this summer, in our house, and in our family, and in everything that we're doing. God, we thank you for the privilege of serving you. So God, we ask for bigger dreams for our house, for our families, for our businesses, for this part of the world, that you wake us up in the middle of the night with ideas and initiatives. Wake us up where we've been falling asleep and feeling tired. Re-energize us, oh God, with a dream from heaven. God, you're not finished with us. God, you're gonna do great things with our house, with our lives, oh God, because you're a great God.
Hey, as we finish our time together, I want to ask you, have you ever invited Jesus in your life? You know, I was at a point in my life, I didn't know who Jesus was. I had to pray a prayer and say, Jesus, I believe you're real. Would you come inside my heart? Forgive me of my sins and my past mistakes. And Jesus did, and he's changed my life as a result of that. That's what the Bible teaches in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. It says this, it says that if you believe, that God raised Jesus from the dead, and if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. It's just that simple. So why do you right now in your own way and in your own words, ask Jesus in your heart. It will be the best decision that you ever make.